0: XV Planis is part of the Green Mushroom Podcast Network.
1: If I've learned anything in the last three years of actively investigating the paranormal, it is that it will never allow itself to be explained. And that you can expect it to interact with you in ways that you were not expecting. Because it's not going to give you what you want. Never will. But what I can say with great certainty is that the thing that you're wishing you could experience is what's happening right in front of you While you're fumbling with your gear, be quiet, be patient, put your cameras down, sink into the shadows, ever so hungry to get your proof when it's happening right there in front of you. Welcome to XV Planets. Greetings, friends and fiends, and welcome back to XV Planus, the podcast where we don't just talk about the paranormal, we put boots on the ground and pursue it in the field. Transmitting from the Black Lodge, as always, I am your host, Flood, and as always, I am very excited to be back here on the mic to dive further into the unknown, the enigmatic, and just plain weird with you all. We've got a lot to get into tonight, but first off, I'd like to apologize for the late release of this particular episode. As most of you know, I'm about to relocate, so the stresses of the move have required a little bit more of my attention in the last few weeks, which is why you're going to get a double episode drop over the next ten days. As this episode airs, I am finishing the follow-up and editing, and will be releasing that episode on the usual release time next week. This is in part to make up for the delay and also get us back to our regular schedule, and also a preemptive measure to get you more content, because the next few weeks could make uploading new episodes while in transit a bit challenging. For those of you on our Patreon feed, you can expect the follow-up to this episode in about two days, and as always, in higher sound quality than your podcasting apps will allow. And speaking of our Patreon feed, I'd like to take a moment to thank our amazing Patreon contributors. Now, whether that means our subscribers or the amazing people I've had the honor of interviewing for our transmissions from the Void series, the work we've done over there has been just as fulfilling and thought-provoking as anything that I've shared on the main feed, and it's been fascinating to hear so many other stories. If you'd like to gain access to this exclusive content or contribute to it by sharing your own paranormal experiences, look us up at www.patreon.com slash xvplanis, or email me at xvplanis at gmail.com to find out more. Okay, I've got a few other tidbits to share here before we go barreling back into the void. For those of you who are already going, Meg, Jill, and myself will be attending Small Town Monsters Monster Fest in Canton, Ohio on June 3rd. While we are not presenting, we will definitely be there to partake of the celebration and support a few friends who are involved with the festival. So if you happen to be going and would care to join our little troop of weirdos, DM me and we'll see if we can meet up with you. Next up, we're going to welcome Luxa from the Luxa Cult Podcast back to talk a bit about what's happening in Indiana this summer at Babylon Rising. Alexa,
2: how you been? Hey, what's up, Flood?
1: Not much. I'm kind of getting myself ready for all of the shindigs that we got going on over here in XC Planets for the summer, but I hear you got some pretty exciting stuff happening this summer, don't you?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Right now, we're really excited about Babylon Rising, the Panthelemic Festival. So this is going to be happening in southern Indiana from the 9th to 11th of June.
1: The 9th to 11th? Well, now I might have to go. I don't know.
2: You absolutely should. It's going to be a really fun time. There's going to be all kinds of fun stuff. Um, There's a lot of group rituals planned, performances. I'm told there's going to be a fire which will burn throughout the entire event. And fire tenders there to keep it. Um, It's going to be primitive camping, clothing optional. And so, yeah, it's going to be a pretty wild time. 21 and up is the age limit there.
1: Quite a few of the green mushroomists are going to be going to this event, aren't they?
2: Yeah, we're really excited. We've got a lot of folks from the Green Machine server, people from Administrism and the Green Mushroom Project are gonna be presenting stuff. Um, We've been organizing our camp, Camp Chaos, and uh, really looking forward to all kinds of things about that. You should absolutely come join us at Camp Chaos.
1: I will certainly try What are the dates on that again?
2: The 9th through the 11th
1: 9th through the 11th, okay, awesome I'll be sure to uh, get the word out to everybody Folks, for any of you listening And I know that I have a lot of fans in Indiana This is so for you You should definitely go check it out I will vouch for Luxa And all of our green mushroomists that are out there They're fantastic people And I've heard amazing things about Babylon Rising I've never been able to make it myself Maybe we'll change that this year
2: Yeah, absolutely. So this is going to be the first time the festival is being held since the pandemic. So we're really excited about it getting back going. This will be my first year attending as well. And I'm going to be presenting a few things there that I'm really excited about.
1: Anything you can share with us?
2: Yeah, my friend Joy and I are going to be doing a collaborative ritual together that we have titled The Middle Star, Alchemy from the Void. I'm also going to be presenting a hyper sigil workshop, and people can kind of start their own hyper sigils as a part of this. And I'm also going to be doing a demo of the tech that I invented to create haunted items using sound and sex magic.
1: Yeah, well, you had me at uh, haunted objects and hyper sigils. For those of you who have been listening to this show long enough, I'm sure everybody's heard that term before, and uh, I would definitely be interested in checking this out.
2: Yeah, there's gonna be all kinds of like fun things. There's the Illuminati Nighty Party, the <laughs> Feast of the Beast. There's all there's gonna be a lot of really fun things. So people should definitely check out BabylonRising.com. And if they're curious to learn more details, I have a whole episode of the Luxacult podcast where I speak with Lorelei Black, Lon Milo Duquette, and Yara from Administrism podcast about their experiences at Babylon and what people can kind of expect with all that.
1: That is phenomenal, and I'll be sure to have a link to that specific episode in the show notes as well. There will be a whole little section in the show notes, folks, for everything related to Babylon Rising and Lux's episode with uh, Lorelai.
2: Yeah, Lorelai Black and Lon Milo Duquette and Yarmorud.
1: I'll be sure to get all that information out there. Indiana people, go out there and support this, and I know that some of my kinky witchy people are already on their way. Yes, come
2: forth and get weird. Yeah. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, Oh yeah, my, my people will definitely show up and they will probably, uh, will probably come and track you down. Is there anything else that we should point out to the audience while we're here?
2: Well, there is one more thing that we're excited about and that's the Green Mushroom Project and We the Hollowed digital mixtape. Fuck around and find out. So if people are out there making weird music or esoteric sonic art of some other fashion and they're interested in contributing to our mixtape, please don't be shy. There will be some instructions on how to do that at greenmushroomproject.com or we the org.
1: fantastic yeah and i've always loved your your audio projects that come out of the the green mushroom i think i might end up contributing to this one we'll see
2: that would be great you absolutely should yeah
1: all right well awesome luxa thank you so much for stopping by uh i will be sure to get the word out to everybody and weirdos witches go 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 go.
2: absolutely (laughs) fuck yeah well thank you so much for having me always a pleasure to speak with you uh here in the black lodge
1: Absolutely, you're always welcome here. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for stopping by, Luxa. And be sure to check out the links in the show notes if you want to know more. Alright, on to the evening's main course. Earlier this year, the XV Planis field team headed to the frigid, frozen Midwest for a series of investigations, the first of which I'm sure will ring a bell with anyone familiar with the paranormal, Whispers Estate. Located in the small town of Mitchell, Indiana, Whispers Estate is a historic mansion with a long and storied history that dates back to the late 1800s. The house was originally built in 1894 by the Gibbons family. Dr. John Gibbons was a prominent physician in the area and used the house as his office, working and operating on the first floor while the family resided on the floors above. The mansion itself was a grand and impressive structure, large wraparound porch and ornate architectural details. Upon a glance of its exterior, one might find themselves shocked at the labyrinthine depths this deceptive house holds inside. Now for those of you who have been listening to me long enough, you all know that House of Leaves is one of my favorite books of all time, and personally, I would compare Whispers with that. The house seems much larger on the inside than the outside, it's disorienting, especially on the second floor which seems abnormally long and deep compared to its outside dimensions. Known for being generous to the community, the Gibbons family often adopted and cared for orphaned and troubled children. Now, According to legend, one of them, a 10-year-old named Rachel, started a fire in the front parlor on Christmas Eve. Rachel was excited for the festivities to follow in the next morning and decided to sneak downstairs and take a peek under the Christmas tree. Her dress at the time was made from a light and unfortunately easily combustible material that tragically ignited when she accidentally brushed it against a single lit candle she held. The fire enveloped the girl, destroying the holiday vigil and leaving a deep scar in the wooden frame that is still visible to this day. She was badly burned and died two days later, but apparently has never left the house. She reportedly still haunts it today. Now, there have been other deaths there as well, for this house is familiar with tragedy. The Gibbons' infant, named Elizabeth, died here of unknown causes and Jessie Gibbons, the mother, died in the same room from pneumonia in a matter of days after losing her daughter. Subsequent occupants have also died in the house, including the death of an older gentleman in the upstairs bathroom, and a young boy who apparently fell down the front stairwell. This is a house that has known grief, and it lingers here, even today. After Dr. Gibbons passed away in 1928, the mansion was sold to a family named the Whites, and the Whites used the mansion as a family home for several years before it was sold again in the mid-20th century. In the 1970s, the mansion was purchased by a man named Dr. Richard Allen Robb. Now, Dr. Robb was a local dentist who was known for his eccentricities. Aren't all dentists. He was a collector of oddities and curiosities and would often display his collection in the mansion. Now, Dr. Robb also had a fascination with the paranormal and believed that the mansion was haunted. After Dr. Rob passed away in 2002, the mansion was sold to a new owner who opened it up to the public for ghost tours and paranormal investigators, and it quickly became a popular destination for ghost hunters and thrill seekers. Over the years, the mansion has gained a reputation as being one of the most haunted places in Indiana. Visitors to the mansion reported experiencing strange phenomena, most notably disembodied voices, hence the name, ghostly apparitions, objects moving on their own, and apportation and some visitors have even claimed to have been physically touched or pushed by unseen forces. Today, Whisper's Estate remains a popular destination for those interested in the paranormal. The mansion has been featured on several television shows and documentaries about ghosts and hauntings and despite its reputation as a haunted house, the mansion is also a beautiful and historic structure that is worth visiting for its architecture and history. Whisper's has a fascinating backstory that spans over a century from its origins as a family home to its current status as a haunted mansion, the house has seen many different owners and uses over the past years. Whether you believe in ghosts or not, it is a unique and interesting place that offers a glimpse into the past and into the unknown. So let's break down some of the commonly reported phenomena before we start barreling into our own experiences. The most common phenomena and the one that gave the location its name, disembodied voices, are a very common occurrence within the walls of whispers. They're not like the EVPs or electronic voice phenomena that we are accustomed to obtaining on our investigations and sharing with you here, but actual voices heard by the human ear. There might have been a few occurrences that may have been examples of disembodied voices while we were there, but they happen so quickly and so infrequently, it's honestly tough to call it on our end. Now, Another type of phenomena that Whispers is known for, and one that I was desperately hoping we were going to experience, is apportation. In parapsychology and spiritualism, an apport is the alleged paranormal transference of an article from one place to another. Teleportation, basically. Or an appearance of an article from an unknown source that is often associated with poltergeist activity or seances. Basically, this is when objects vanish into thin air, then reappear somewhere else in the vicinity with no explanation how or why this happens. Sadly, we did not get to witness this one either. Now, next up on the list of common phenomena within Whispers is what is referred to as the Big Black. Apparently, there is a large humanoid-shaped shadow entity that traverses the walls and levels of this house. The shadow entity is known to trigger feelings of dread and fear in people, and given the description of others, this entity sounds a lot like what I encountered at Waverly Hills. I was hoping to come across the Big Black while I was at Whispers to contrast and compare, but alas... It is another example of the regularly reported activity that just never manifested for us. Or, if it did, it showed itself as something else completely different. Other notable apparitions would be that of Rachel, the young girl who was tragically burned in the parlor. She has been reported by numerous investigators and staff alike. And the spirit of a young boy in the first bedroom on the second floor who goes by Georgie, I believe. There's also a shy shadow that lives in the second floor bathroom as well, and a dark heavy presence that resides on the third floor bedroom. That one I'll explain a little bit later. For this trip we were fortunate enough to reserve whispers for two consecutive nights. The first night our team would be comprised of what Sonny refers to as our nuclear paranormal family, and that would include Sonny, Meg, Walker, Jill, and myself. Alejandro was supposed to be joining us for this one, but alas, life happens. He was there in spirit, though. Uh, pun intended. The first night was relatively quiet. The occasional phantom footstep, the occasional cold spot or ghost fart, as I like to refer to him as. But nothing really leapt out at us, unfortunately. The second night, however, was a very different story. On night two, we were lucky enough to have a few additions to the crew. Lisa and Todd, who you all remember from our Waverly Hills series, as well as Stevie, who's appeared on the podcast numerous times and joined us for their first investigation with XV Planets. We're going to tackle night two on the next episode, but for tonight we're going to kick it off by chatting with Sunny and capture her point of view for the first part of this investigation. Sunny, welcome back to the Black Lodge. Always a pleasure to have you. Thank you, thank you. No, 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 no. Thank you. Tonight we're going to be talking about our experiences at Whisper's Estate, which for the most part was, I mean, kind of anticlimactic. Seriously. A a lot of us were expecting, out, out of the stories that we heard, we were expecting a considerable amount of disembodied voices. We were expecting apportation. Let me rephrase that. I was hoping for <laughs> apportation. I wanted the house to steal my wallet. Like I, know, I wanted that moment. We I heard
3: like, even people with us had, that had been there before had experienced that happening yeah. to them. and nothing, We nothing got something of of completely
1: sort. different yep. on, on this run. And honestly, it was almost like a tailor-made experience strictly for myself and Meg that ended up happening, which, which I'll get to a little bit later in this episode. But um, I would like to get your point of view of some of the things that happened throughout the course of these two nights that we stayed there. And also, again, I want to point out two nights, two nights, and it's still super quiet.
3: That's, that's what blows my mind.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So the, uh, the first night, one of the very first things that happened was a human pendulum experiment. And I was wondering if you would be willing to talk about this because I, I had no part in this. I just walked into it uh, <laughs> after you guys had already started. Was, was this your idea or Jill's? it was Jill. Jill. I'm
3: um back. yeah, we she had actually made a little pendulum in this jar and like brought it with us and then we went into the upstairs. I mean it's practically in the attic, but it's a room like with a bed in it and a sofa.
1: Yeah, it's like it's the only finished room in the attic space.
3: Right. And it had a lot of lore behind it too because the manager of the property, the previous one Went through some serious things up there that f- made her quit, like made her leave the
1: place. That's right, and that was actually documented on that uh, that, that
3: that went that framed. Yeah, that was um, not letters and stuff,
1: which was interestingly enough not on the wall; it was right. on the floor and leaning up against, against the wall. wall. Now mm-hmm. th- I'm gonna add a picture of this in the show notes, and um, if I can get a good enough visual, I'll do a transcription of yeah. of the text that was on there. But it was a pretty interesting story. It was
3: pretty dark. Yeah. Um, but we went in there and we kind of felt the energy pulling us to the front window. Hmm. And Jill was talking about like what we could do, and so st- well, we were all talking about what we could do. And then Jill said that she had seen something recently that she wanted to try, and it was the human pendulum. I, of course, volunteered.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> and total disregard for personal safety oh of course you function just like me i love Oh it. <laughs> yeah for sure
3: i'm running into it um <laughs> but we kept feeling a pull in that direction so we decided that i would shift sideways that and the questions would be forced front and back so we would ask a question and i would either lean forward for yes or lean forward for back i mean for no and um i'm surrounded by Walker, Megan, Todd, and Lisa. That way I don't, you know, they can tap me when I start to lean too and far. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah. go back to center.
1: Your safety net.
3: Yes. Yes, exactly.
1: Trustfall.
3: That's ex- <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to think. That's exactly what I was about to say. Paranormal Trustfall.
1: Um That's a great name for a goth band. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry, that's trademarked. We own that. We own that. Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah. no, we're we're actually, yeah. I'm we're buying up, the domain right, right now. Right now, right yep, now. All right. For sure. Okay, please continue.
3: Okay. I don't I kind of zoned out a lot through it. I felt grounded, I guess, would be the way to put it. I know there was at one point that kind of broke me out of it because there was apparently like one specific female spirit that we were talking with. And trying to figure out why I think she was a patient. Um trying to figure out why exactly she was there and we were talking to her. And something had come up about the head, and then we we're like, well, they do not really know about concussions then, so what would it be, you know, like, did you fall, no, and then Megan... Was kind of looking up injuries in that time and she goes were you kicked in the head by a horse and i leaned forward for yes and i was like what just we all oh, that's right
1: and she ended up finding that oh my god yeah
3: i, would, I totally giggled because that was the only time that brought me out of it because i was not expecting to be pushed forward which tells you enough to say that like i was not predicting these answers by right, leaning forward yeah, yeah. or backwards like if it were my choice i would have clearly leaned backwards and, for no but
1: so. i was clearly yeah, yeah. pulled forward and at this point no you were pushed for it because at that point i was still standing in the doorway just watching you guys because i had stumbled upon you all at that point i'm like what the hell is going on mm-hmm. and whenever that question came along like i literally saw your your torso like push forward before the rest of your lower body followed through.
3: So you say push, but I felt like I was pulled in either direction.
1: It looked like you were pushed.
3: I know, but like the feeling of being grounded in there and when I was actually leaning for answers, it felt like I was being gravitated towards something, not necessarily pushed from behind.
1: Now what gets really interesting about that is that after this session was over, Meg shared with us that she actually found an article that someone was kicked in the head by a horse. (laughs) I like I got nothing on that. Like
3: <laughs> she just totally guessed. She was like, Were you kicked in the head by horse? Of course Megan just be a Megan, like kinda being silly, and the answer was yes.
1: Mm, I think she's way more in tune with this stuff than she gives herself credit for.
3: Probably. When we first walked into the place when it was just our our immediate our nuclear family team, like I like to call them. Mm. Um the first night. We were just checking out the place and we went upstairs to where there is another stairway that goes back down to the kitchen. It's an interesting setup but as soon as I walked into that space I felt a little discombobulated. Um, Kind of just started like swaying a little bit almost like my feet were going to come out from underneath me but it wasn't like I was fine. As soon as I stepped out of that spot, it just stopped. And then I stepped back in and kind of felt that energy again.
1: Now, to be clear, here we're, we're you're talking about that landing spot, yes. right? So you take the staircase up in, in near the front door and mm-hmm. you come up to that main hallway with the two bedrooms and the bathroom. And then you're talking about the space beyond that, all
3: the way at the end with that right. other stairwell going back down. So yeah, yeah I guess that's a.
1: So I want to point out that that is also the very first same place that I felt something really, really intense in. Mm -hmm. And it was, like, from the get-go, from that very first night that we walked in there and did our preliminary walk, I kept saying, like, this is it. Yeah. This is the spot. There's something in here, yeah. Now, come to find out, and we didn't find out this until later, but there was a scrying room off to the left side of this this landing room, I'm
3: wondering if that was just
1: staged it certainly makes you feel that... but then also off onto the right side if you pull back the curtain behind the church bench which they told us not to but i'm sorry we did pull we didn't walk over but we pulled the sheet back and looked um the yeah super that's creepy, more the
3: thing that i'm thinking was staged
1: yeah yeah okay that felt staged. the the and this was folks this was a series of cloaks hung on racks. A uh, little altar built. It definitely. Goblet. It definitely felt staged. Yeah.
3: It had. I mean.
1: The scrying room was the thing that I'm talking about that is on the opposite side of that room. So yes. as we're walking into this room, this That's little like stage area is on the right. But on the left, there's these two doors. Mm-hmm. And if you open these doors, you're going to find a table, two chairs, and a couple of mirrors.
3: There's one big mirror on the table mm-hmm. and then a couple others. But it's it's a closet, yeah. essentially. It's a long closet.
1: And it's meant for being a scrying room, although I might argue that the mirror room upstairs might be a better one for that.
3: I would say so, yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, actually, let's, let's talk about that for a second because I would like to point out that I – I don't think any of us actually discovered that room until the second night. Is that right?
3: Correct. So (laughs) when we first arrived and the manager of the property was talking to us, she's like, yeah, she doesn't even go upstairs anymore because she said that she's got her butt handed to her a few times. Mm -hmm. Um, But she said a lot of things that happen is like the doors will just randomly open. So yeah, we investigated the entire place the first night, opened all the doors or so we thought. And we definitely closed everything before we left. That was a request by the manager. Yeah. So all the doors were closed upstairs and down. And then the second night we were there, that door was just open. And we had Not no... Not fully op- open. It was just... It was, yeah, it was... Yeah. I mean, right. It wasn't...
1: Now, the thing is, is all of us walked into that room that this door is in, right? So you walk... Uh, it, To illustrate this, and folks, I will have pictures of this on the website, you walk up this rickety attic stairs up to the third level, and when you get to the top, if the stairs are behind you, off to your right, there is this sort of like odd meeting room, like a seance room almost. In front of you is an unfinished room with a bed frame. To the left of you is the finished bedroom on the third floor where we did the human pendulum experiment. Correct. And then, directly further off, kind of behind and to the left of you, is this other room that it looks like an inconspicuous closet.
3: Yeah, it's like what six by six, maybe if, if even if
1: that. If even, and it was just like random junk in there. There were some cleaning supplies, but off to the right in this room is another door. Now, what I find interesting is that none of us bothered to open that up the first night. Why?
3: I don't even think we even noticed it was there.
1: That kind of throws me off a little bit. Because
3: we went and opened everything we could find. Yeah. We were all super curious.
1: Now, folks, this room that we're talking about, when you open the door, it is floor-to-ceiling, (laughs) wall-to-wall mirrors. It is—
3: With a chair in it. Just one singular chair sitting in the middle.
1: No, there, there were two. There were two there chairs. Were two? There. Yeah, yeah, because you and I both oh, actually you're right, sat you're right, in there for right. a bit. They yeah, were two so full-out chairs. chairs.
3: How big would you say that room was? That's the one I'm saying that was probably five by five.
1: I would say ooh, um, five by three? No. Five by four, yeah. and then height at its lowest was... Oh,
3: that's right, it was five angled.
1: feet, and at its highest was probably about 6.5. Yeah,
3: because that it sounds had, right. uh,
1: yeah, it um, the front of the room was the highest point, and then where the chairs were, it sloped down yeah, just like to give I you
3: had. an idea of the space because it wasn't exactly a room,
1: yeah. And again, I will, I will show photos of this uh, with all the show notes on this so you can see what we're talking about. This wasn't full panels like building an infinity room or something like that Mm-mm. because oh my god that would have been amazing if it was <laughs> unfortunately it was really broken up there were a whole lot of different panels and to be honest it felt um discombobulating like it was it was, it was a fun house
3: it felt like a fun house mirror
1: but because of the way designed it was... one <laughs>
3: like y- yeah for yeah, sure yeah yeah because yeah.
1: yeah. there were no warping it was just fragments like um uh pixels or frames were shifted so if you walked through it 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 wasn't a smooth mirror transition as you're going through. And right. again, you'll you'll see what we mean in the show notes. But I wish I would have put a little bit more time in there. I wish that we would have gone completely dark and just had one candle lit in that room. And I wish I would have like tried to do some actual scrying because I think that should be the scrying room.
3: Stevie did.
1: They didn't really have much of a response, though, did they? They didn't talk about it very much. Hopefully Stevie's going to be on here to talk about this by the time this episode comes out. If so, you can expect it right here. <laughs> so the, uh, the mirror room was definitely uh, a fascinating focal point for the second night, but it was just odd that nobody really seemed to uncover it until then. Correct. Now, the second night, everybody was having a whole lot of experiences in the girls' room on the second floor the glowing balloon when all of the other ones that had the exact same makeup were not glowing. That was strange. That was very weird. Todd and I were both having experiences on the second floor bathroom. Then we kind of had a, a group collective experience with about four of us that were seeing all sorts of bizarre lights within the uh, the boys' room. And then, uh, and then after that kind of faded out. Speaking this- of the bathrooms, though,
3: I yeah. do have to say. Like y'all had experiences in the top floor restroom. And then I noticed that's where most people were going. The one downstairs is the one that I would go to just because I felt like it was better lit. And I didn't want to disturb anything that was happening upstairs. It's still like creepy. Like the room itself wasn't creepy. You just felt creeped
1: out bathroom is though yeah i mean you're 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 at
3: your vulnerable moment so i guess that was the case so every time i'd walk in i'd be like okay i'm here peacefully please don't disturb me while i'm in the bathroom well if
1: you cut off all the ambient light that entire room the doctor's room and the bathroom beyond it is the most isolated part of the whole house like you have that one entry point to get in there Things seem very dense there, so I don't think you're you're wrong about that. No,
3: well, we weren't allowed to use the doctor's bathroom either. That was something that was off limits. I'm talking about the one in the back of the house by the kitchen.
1: Oh, okay.
3: Where the manager had said that when she goes in there, there's that basement door right there that would constantly get banged on and rattling, and rattling. Trying, like yeah, something yeah. would trying to get out. So it huh. that room just definitely gave me the creeps.
1: Now, all right, uh, when uh, when Meg and I were having our psychedelic experiment on the uh, the second floor, mm-hmm. when we were seeing all of those strange things, you were part of one of the SS sessions. You were the one downstairs with Jill and Walker, right? Correct. Did you guys get anything off of that?
3: Not a damn thing. Not a damn thing. I didn't even realize I was under for so long, but when they finally woke me, they were like it's been like 45 minutes of nothing. Like, there's no way I was laying there that long and not saying a word, but I was not getting anything.
1: I've got a feeling that when I finally get a chance to go back and contrast and compare both of the recordings that were going on simultaneously, um, that we're probably going to get some really interesting EVPs. I have not had a chance to do that because Walker has my other recorder. Ahem. Um, but we'll fix that this week. Right? Right.
3: Yeah, there might be some alignment there as far as bouncing between the the first and third floor,
1: because that was kind of my theory. Is that if um, it seemed like whatever was there was running from the acid sessions when we did it, right? Like they would say a few things and they would, yeah. scurry off in the night. So my thought process was, one on top, one on bottom, we'll sandwich them into a the second to floor, second, yeah. right? And that's when Meg and I got our super trippy psychedelic experience. I've done a lot of hallucinogens. That was the prettiest thing I've ever seen. I'm not gonna (laughs) lie. Sonny's point of view of this investigation will continue on the next installment in this series. Next up, we're gonna hear from our friends Lisa and Todd to get their perspective. Now, their coverage is gonna cover both nights, but on the next installment, we're gonna backtrack it a little bit and discuss the major event of activity that Meg and I experienced. Guys, thank you again so much for joining me. It's so good to have you back. Thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much. You
1: guys are getting good at this. You're getting used to being on camera.
0: (laughs) A little bit. Um, The audio is still weird. When I go back and listen, I'm like, oh, that's what I sound like.
1: Look, I've been doing this for three years. I still can't get used to it.
0: Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Luckily, you were able to join us for the second night at Whisper's Estate, and then also join us at Rhodes Hotel, which we'll be getting at to in a future episode. And by the way, friends, that's the one you're going to want to listen to. Oh, Um, yeah. Exactly. Walter Skinwalker. Um, Yeah. Which I'm still not going to explain that. Won't even explain it in the next one. This is going to be something for way down the road that you're just going to have to keep listening to find out. Stay tuned. But... uh, you two also came and joined us for the second night at Whisper's Estate. Yes. Which was interesting, uh, in a sense. Um, and, you know, it's it's always important for me to get everybody's different uh, points of view and perceptions. Because you can cram as many people as you can into these locations and these experiences. Everybody's going to experience them a little bit different. So I'm curious, what did you guys think of our time at Whisper's Estate? Can
4: I start this one? Yes. All right, so I'm going to go first. Sure. So, you know, like, you were there with us. We were eating pizza prior to going to Whisper's Estates. I had a full meal. I'd been on the road, so I've obviously been snacking on the road. We drank a couple beers. It was a great start to an evening. We get to Whisper's. How am I famished? I felt like I hadn't eaten in days, literally within minutes of walking in there. I started cramming cold pizza down my throat, sandwiches, apples, everything I could get my hands on, I ate for about the first 30 minutes. I have no idea what was up, but I literally ate four days worth of food within the first 30 minutes of being at Whispers.
1: No, was, I think that was split into two times. Like, you hit it hard when we first got there, and then, like, an hour later, you came back down and did the exact same thing. Yeah,
4: yep. like, I yep. don't know what that is. I don't eat like that. Like, I eat a meal every day and I snack a little bit. Yeah. What the fuck? I <laughs> ate four days worth of food and, and like, two sittings.
1: That was pretty wild. And and you know what? We didn't talk about it, e- even though, and see, this is what's so funny doing this stuff, right? You even made mention of that while we were on site. And as you said it, I'm like, that is a little weird. Yeah. yeah. And I, mean, I don't know you, like, I haven't s- spent extended periods of time with you, but I've never seen you eat like that.
4: No. I've never <laughs> seen me eat like that.
1: No. I mean, you're like one step no. away from like dislocating your jaw and just
4: for real, just cramming the sandwich down. I'm like, right, I yeah. don't need to chew it.
1: Ball Python on the shit. You know. to taste it. <laughs> <laughs> that actually was a really, really weird experience that we didn't really talk about while we were there. I, I'm glad you brought that up uh, tonight because uh, mm. I you know what? I probably would have forgotten about it and would have not remembered until the back end of this whole series on on whispers. But that was really odd, like, I even you knew, like, as you're sitting there picking up another slice of pizza, like...
4: How the fuck am I hungry? (laughs) I already ate half a pizza, how am I hungry?
1: Well, that cream and crimson pizza is good, but there was only one slice left at that Mm -hmm. point, and all of you knew that I would have killed you if you touched that, so uh, you just went for whatever was there, but yeah, you became... You, you became a snack hole, like an endless void. Of I snack, was famished. <laughs> ravenous. Snack hole.
4: I was definitely ravenous.
1: Okay, so moving on from, from that, how did things play out for you guys?
4: Well, I'll go ahead and lead this one off as well. So, uh, to me, first walking into Whispers, like I, I, I'm not trying to be a dick, but super gimmicky. I can only see 17... Uh, what 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 were they? At? Oh my god! My language has lost me. Yes, seventeen Ouija boards within my first seven minutes in there. Yeah, no, that's, that's. And funny. then mirrors, mirrors on the floor, on the wall. Like I really felt like things were super gimmicky. Mm. Then, when we found the mirrored closet, I actually took a nap in there everything was so forced there. The only time I had any sort of uh, actual like feeling was when I was laying in the bathtub. Yeah, mm-hmm. There were, there was a point where it felt like there was somebody's hair over me, like clouding my vision from what I was looking at in front of me. And that's like 100%. The only thing that I couldn't just explain away with like, Oh, Uh, apparently i was just hungry i need to eat 14 pounds of pizza
1: yeah no no you were you were well packed by that point absolutely what's what's interesting about that is that uh by the time you brought that up to me todd i had already seen a a couple of instances of moving shadows and they're really really subtle like always off to the periphery nothing too yes very much so But the one that caught my eye the most was numerous times I would walk past that same bathroom and you would just see this shift of shadow, like Mm -hmm. nothing too intense, nothing definable either, but just everything. For me,
4: it was hanging. It was a darkness hanging above me with different weights. So it would be like a ripple effect of darkness. Coming from some point above me,
1: yeah, it was definitely hanging out, no pun intended. Yeah,
4: it was hanging like a motherfucker,
1: <laughs> it was hanging. But you were the one who, uh, you suggested to me, like, you should probably go lay down in that bathtub for a few minutes and, uh, yeah, sick. And I'm like, okay, cool, right on, man. I did
4: take in the sights
1: that, yeah, and I did, and it definitely started to stir up. And I, I want to say that that was the point that. Pretty much all of us were crammed into that hallway, just staring into the bathroom for a, a good yeah. 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, moving there. That's the central in point. Yeah, moving there. Okay. That's weird. That's really weird. Okay.
4: I'm not the only one seeing that. That makes it more weird.
1: Right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It's the, the whole point we can all have different experiences, but when many of us are having one at simultaneous Mm, times, like that's worth noting. And like all of us knew the second we, we reach for any fucking piece of equipment, you're going to break your (laughs) your night vision. You're going to lose all of this and it's going to fucking run away because the point of this is not to fucking record it. Like that's not the point of this. Our point, the point is to be, man, I'm going to get all fucking Tibetan here be there now like have the <laughs> moment have the
4: Das be here now
1: <laughs> or be wherever you're supposed to be at that moment but really soak <laughs> it in you know
4: just just be experience
1: yeah yeah exactly i think that was really hard to do in waverly because and this is just my own personal opinion but what I've start what, what I what I experienced after two nights at, at uh, not Waverly at uh Whispers Estate was whatever is there it's not anchored there it's kind of just Mm-mm. passing through transient
0: transient it's transient it's very transient
4: yeah
1: I think a lot of it comes from the funeral home two doors down
4: Yes yes Yeah so, Energy has to go somewhere
1: and we have put enough emphasis on this that we've essentially made an egregore, so it's gonna funnel things in.
4: Yeah. Yeah, it's literally just a pathway. Ain't nothing there that's bad. They're putting mirrors up to keep shit in, and that's what it's doing.
1: I don't think they're putting them up to, to keep them in. I actually I think I think they had better intentions with that. I think the mirrors are actually meant to just literally be portals yeah. in and out not keeping yeah. one direction but no. i also think that's part of the problem if you're going to be setting a space up for that you're literally opening the doors and saying like hey y'all come on in
0: like, let's play like peekaboo
1: come into my closet that's covered in mirrors right yeah yeah i want to go back and i want to try whispers again i i do mm-hmm. but i i got the same vibe off of whispers that i did from the sally house is that yeah maybe there's something there and maybe it's it's got some potency to it but we're the ones that are making it so because you know we keep propelling the beliefs of others as opposed to going there and experiencing it for ourselves
4: thoughts are things
1: thought form energy yeah 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 it's a thing it really is It's quantum physics, man. We got to get you in on the next conversation. Man, that was fucking wild. But but you're right. You're right. No, and it's uh, honestly, we're starting to, to, and this is something that I've been talking about on numerous conversations over the last couple of days is I I think universally, globally, we're actually seeing the beginning shifts in an evolution of consciousness. Yes. And I think that is. It's
4: a paradigm It's a paradigm shift.
1: And it explains a lot why there is so much turmoil and last cash Mm -hmm. grabs for power at something that uh, has a potential to literally come crumbling down and not exist anymore here in a couple of years. I think we might actually be there. I think we're going to see it in our lifetime, but I do believe in the next few years we're going to see the first few major steps towards a new step in evolution.
0: So the only thing I will mention about Whispers There were a couple of things that were significant for me. I will say I am drawn to the doctor's bedroom, but only to the doorway to the bathroom. That's the stopping point for me. Can't explain why there's just, it feels like a physical barrier.
1: There's some weight there.
0: There's some weight. There's some heaviness there. There's definitely something that just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, So I'll speak to that. I will also speak to, Initially, when we had Sunny upstairs, that was really enlightening to have an experience and try and figure out who we were speaking with or who we were channeling at that point. And that was the opening. That was, that was good. The only other really big highlight would be when you were in the first S's session. Upstairs in the same room that we started with Shani. And you were under, and you were just saying whatever was coming through, obviously, look out the window. So I get up, I look out the window. And again, this is going back to that transient theology of, well, everybody's just kind of passing through. So I go and I look out the window. And that's when we're aware of there being a funeral home to the right. And I go and, go and turn back. He said, no, no, I go back. All right. Wait, what? Look out the window. No, you said go and turn around and look back right after I turned and looked away. No, no, this was a really good one. Like, there's not a lot there, but what there was there was significant. So, the first SS session with you was right after we had just gone up and we started with Sunny and we did a human pendulum experiment.
1: Right. Got through uh, that. No.
0: And then you said, no, let's go into an SS.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: That's when that happened.
1: Okay, I uh, I will review that and and, yeah, and see what's on there. Yeah, absolutely. But I I called you out as you were moving. I'm like, no, 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 go back.
4: No, no, go look back. Look,
1: back. look huh. back. That's interesting.
4: Whispers was cool. I enjoyed eating 15 pounds of food in like eight minutes.
1: A Freeman Crimson is dope, though you know it.
4: Yes, yes. It was delightful. The Euro Pizza was delightful,
1: mm-hmm.
4: but. I don't know uh, if it was just preparing me for what was going to happen the next night, but it felt like it was preparation for something. Cause I don't eat like that. Like it's not bikini season. I'm not trying to drop weight. I'm not trying to put on weight. It, It like it, it was, it it was, was just,
1: preparing you for the energy you would have to let go of the next night, almost.
4: That's kind of what it felt like after it was done and over with. It was like, no, you're going to need that. Okay. So I don't... I. It, it's just something I can't explain away, because I do not eat like that, ever.
1: Lisa, what about you? Any closing thoughts?
4: I,
0: I would like to go back to Whispers. Again, I think the idea I had in my head was totally different than what actually happened. Um, Same. I was really surprised. I thought so much more was going to happen to whispers. And I'm not saying that there weren't significant things. There were, I was just very taken aback in comparison versus Roads. I would like to go back and do whispers. I think there's more to explore there. Yep. I, I, I do, but I also, I agree with you. I think it's like a Sally house. I think it needs to be comfortable with you first to kind of figure out where are you. Yeah. There is energy there. Oh, definitely. 100%.
1: Whereas we walk into roads and that place is like, friends, come please. Where have you
0: been? <laughs> Let's get weird. Like It was very open and very genuine. That is totally opposed to what I thought it was going to be. So I do think that whispers, even though I I will agree with Todd, I think there are some elements that are a little bit more on display visually to kind of get you going. But I do think there's a lot to be done there. It just needs to pray, or that's really a bad way to say it. Uh, It needs to interact with you and understand you first before it starts to show its hand. I think it's a very reciprocal energy place. And I think the fact that it's a transient place really adds to that as well. Hmm. So I think we need to go back a few more times before we really start to explore that.
1: I agree, and it's—I mean—it's certainly uh, cheap enough. I mean, hell, it's essentially the to rent the place out for a night. It's essentially going out to a fine dining dinner for one night, and and you know you got the place for yourself for eight hours. So there is no reason to not go back and explore that. So the next time I am in Indiana. Yeah, I'll do it again, but I'm going to be way more interested in doing a two to three night stint at fucking Rhodes Hotel on top of that. Fuck yeah. yes, yeah. yeah I'll do good. one night at Whispers. We'll go to Rhodes for the where the real party is. You know, let's. Uh, oh yeah.
4: Like seriously, let's have a party at Rhodes and <laughs> yeah. make it feel like they did Minimally. back in the day.
1: Yeah. No, I've I've really started this conversation with with Mike. We might actually be able to make that happen. It's going to be.
4: Drink some beers, play some cards, have music playing, like period music, obviously.
1: I'm on it. All right, guys, I love you to pieces. Thank you so much for making this time.
4: Love you. Love you, brother.
1: I'd like to thank Sonny, Lisa, and Todd for joining me on this episode to review our time at Whisper's Estate. Join us next week when Meg and I will share our psychedelic experiences on the second floor during night two and the odd talking board epilogue Sonny and I had shortly thereafter. In the meantime, if you're craving more XV Planus, consider donating to our Patreon at www.patreon.com slash xvplanus, where you'll gain access to our exclusive content. There's a whole other separate series on there, as well as extended interviews, exclusive episodes with special guests, the most recent of which was Richard Haddam, screenwriter of The Mothman Prophecies, and so much more. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere as XVPlanus, and you can follow my personal misadventures and music projects at Folds and Floods on those same platforms. Links for both are in the show notes as well. If you like what we do here, head on over to iTunes or Spotify to rate and especially review us. And tell your friends about us. Tell your families about us. tell will yell at random people at the bus stop about us. We're a DIY independent production, and the only way that we will grow is by you sharing us with others who might enjoy taking this trip. Be sure to check out all of the great shows on the Green Mushroom Podcast Network, like Prognostics, Smuts Up, Ad Hoc History, Cult, and so many more. While the website isn't quite up to date just yet, you can go to www.greenmushroomproject.com and add that to your bookmarks to keep up with everything in the future. The show is produced in the Black Lodge, wherever that resides in this moment of time and space, and it is written, edited, and scored by yours truly. Music from the show can be found on my Bandcamp page for Folds and Floods or anywhere you stream your music. High praise and thanks to Sonny and Ren for our updated logo, and many thanks to Meg, who manages most of our social media. No part of this show or its music may be reproduced without consent. Copyright Folds and Floods Productions. Once again, I am your host, Flood, and this has been XV Planets. Thank you for being a part of the journey so far. I'll see you in the between. In abembratio, in fluctus, sub velo. ¶¶